Hi there, and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I'm here with our panel uh, live from the WWDC Expo floor. Brianna Wu, head of development at Giant Space Cat. What's crackalackin'? You're, you're crackalackin' from the West Coast this I week? am. When I saw Renee today, he's like, I thought I was going to go, what's crackalackin'? What's up? <laughs> and so, yeah, I've got to stick with that catchphrase. Yeah, your catchphrase hasn't quite taken the world by storm yet. You've got to work on that. We're, we're working on it. Oh, <laughs> uh, We have assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How are you doing, Maddie? Pretty good. We made it to another episode, everybody. I know, right? I know. We're still here. <laughs> Heck yeah. We- <laughs> They haven't canceled us yet, so we're we're uh, we're, we're doing our best. But <laughs> <laughs> and we have a reviewer from iMore and host of the Zen and Tech podcast, Georgia Dow. How you doing, Georgia? Everyone that voted me out last week, <laughs> I just want to say I'm back with a vengeance. That's it. I'm just saying that. So it's like after they bring the the people who've been voted out of tribal council back for like the challenge, <laughs> and you were able to get through that again, exactly, and get back on the island, exactly. And now it's <laughs> on. Yeah. We're not here to make friends. We're here to play games. Please. I'm here for a million dollars. Am I on the wrong sure podcast? That check is going to show up one of these days. Yeah. Wait, There's is a that lot what? Of money in podcasting, folks. Is that what that camera in my studio has been for? I, I, I should be concerned. Oh, no, that's a different thing. Oh, okay. But yeah, what have you been up to? Maddie, before we start the, the show today, I need to read you an email that I got. So it was talking about my alt-conf talk this week, you know, which is on sexism in in the games industry. Blah, 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 blah. We all know how that goes. Uh, This is the part I wanted to read you. Uh, Do you know my colleague at Paste, Maddie Myers? If you're interested, I'm happy to put you in touch with her. Maddie writes a lot about the issues you discussed, and I think she might be interested in following up with you. That is hilarious. J.P. Grant. Did you respond to say, I have no idea who that is, and I hope I never meet her? Did you say that? Well, I'm waiting till yeah, yeah. I, I, need, to think of, I, I need to think of something awesome. So. <laughs> well, you got a whole hour, Brie. So, we, uh, right, we, right. we should take a series of elaborate photographs together and send them back to him. <laughs> The funniest part, he doesn't. He might not even know what you look like. No, I've met him before. <laughs> JP Grant, I know him. So what, right. that's why this is so hilarious. I, you know, right. it's it's weird. There are a lot of Boston-based games industry people, but a lot of us don't know each other. So he's not wrong to assume that because I think everybody right. in Boston just assumes no one else in Boston works in the games industry because it's Boston, <laughs> right? <laughs> and also, nobody here likes to talk to anybody else. Yeah, so that I don't like to talk to true. anyone unless my house is on fire and i have to call the fire department i would talk to someone then even, but even then you might just text them and be like, right hey. I, I don't like to do it <laughs> just text them. anyway so it's it's kind of unusual that i would actually know someone but yeah i, I think i know you brie i think so <laughs> i think so i'm just well, sad that so. he hasn't been listening to isometric that's just yeah. right, right you should that's send like wait a show. second you should send him a panda <gasps> suit is what you should do that a, a panda suit and a link to the show there you go but then he's going to think that he's the reason that you guys got to know each other. And he'll be like, you have to thank me for, for getting to meet Maddie. <laughs> I'll forward date all the episodes so he can think that. We can just Sounds gaslight great. him. Sounds great. Okay. <laughs> hey, video So games. anyway, so, so we have some follow-up from last week. Just a couple of quick notes. And then we actually got some feedback from, from listeners that I want to I go through. But we spent some time talking about Watch Dogs and we're questioning if it was coming out for Wii U. And supposedly it is still coming out for Wii U in the fall. So... We can all be excited about that, but that was a question that was out there. And after the episode, I was doing some Googling on my Half-Life 3 trutherism, as Maddie likes to put it. <laughs> and 
apparently Valve has said that they are not going to. So we were talking about but that's Steam exactly OS. what they would say if they <laughs> right. were developing it. <laughs> the truth is out there, Steve. So so we were talking about Steam OS, and they needed to. If the only thing I I was putting forth that the conspiracy theory is that the only way that they were going to get anybody to buy this to install Steam OS is to come out with an exclusive in one of their series, and they have come out apparently back in November and said specifically that they will not be releasing any of their uh, any sequels of any of their existing franchises as a SteamOS exclusive. I think that what they said was just to prove Steve wrong. Well, yes. Just to make me look like an idiot. They're, they're going to do that back in November. Whatever so they, Steve says, we are going to do the opposite. So they went back to November in a time machine and then made that statement just to, you know, change the future and then... I don't know. They, they went back to the island and, and had to eat mayonnaise <laughs> out of a jar or something. I don't know. But we actually got some some feedback from listeners. So we had uh, Chris Kinneberg on Twitter had uh, actually owns uh, one of the first beta Steam controllers. And wow. so he was messaging us and saying that apparently he likes he likes it for mouse driven games, but not for Dragon for like Dragon Age and Civ, but not for shooters because apparently the in legacy mode, which I guess is for games that are not designed for the Steam controller specifically, you're stuck with four-way movement on the left uh, gamepad, so it's just basically WASD, and then you can use the right trackpad for the mouse, so it's not it's not good for first-person shooters because the aim accuracy isn't there, which I, I would kind of, I would think that. Like, yeah. I wouldn't think that your accuracy, I mean, your accuracy is not great with an analog stick on a regular controller and that that trackpad doesn't really look like a great way to uh a great way to be controlling your your view but huh. so i thought that was interesting from somebody who's uh who's actually owns it and has been using it he also said when he's playing on a pc you're playing against keyboard and mouse players and multiplayer so that doesn't really right. work out all that well oh yeah i can imagine <laughs> <laughs> and we had a question from way back in episode 1 when we were talking about uh, we were talking about the Wii gamepad and what what we hope that they would be doing and why it's not really a great, really driving the kind of adoption for the Wii U as Nintendo was hoping. And so we had a question from Andy Hicks who was who said, so what should Nintendo be doing with the gamepad that they aren't doing? He says, I, own a, I don't huh. own a Wii U, but the second screen thing seems like such an obviously good idea. What went wrong? So I, I have some ideas, but I'll open that up to you because I've been talking for, for a little bit too long. I think the feature I like most about it is, like, my husband. I mean, <laughs> my husband is such a television hawk. You know, if baseball's on, I'm just not going to be able to play video games. And... Like, what I like most about it is just being able to play Wii games, you know, when we're in the den together. So, as far as functionality in the games, I've never really found something that it's awesome for, to be honest. I mean, maybe you guys have other opinions. I think what you're describing, Bree, is exactly what it's intended for. But I think the right. problem is that that wasn't adequately advertised. I could be hmm. wrong about this, but I remember the commercials at the time not really playing up that angle. And I remember having conversations with people when I bought the Wii U where they were like, why? And I described that to them and they were like, huh, I never thought about that before. And I was like, yeah, this is like really key. If you have a roommate and you've only got one TV, this is mm-hmm. how you're going to make that work and i know that for families especially like the kids want to play a game or and the parents don't or vice versa it's like the only way to make that work is to have a tablet but i don't think people really knew that that gamepad was going to be part of the wii 
Wii U. And I think the name of the console didn't imply that it was a uh, second console. That That's sort of a different problem, but it's similar to the the advertising problem that I'm positing. Hmm. I remember a lot of dubstep. That's what I remember about the <laughs> Nintendo commercials. Yeah, and but that's not... Yeah. I feel like they needed to just explain what the thing was going to do and what it was going to add to your experience. I don't know, Maddie. I like dubstep. Like, I'm getting down to that commercial, <laughs> really, and I'm like, really you heard yeah. the dubstep, and you were like, I'm going to buy that. I love that dubstep. Yeah. I like dubstep. I'm just saying that's not <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> I can't believe I'm defending my enjoyment of dubstep. It's okay. This is a safe space, Maddie. This is, it's fine. <laughs> There's if you no like judgment dubstep, here. It's perfectly fine. There's no fine. judgment here. I think that their their problem is that they they didn't create it in order to solve a problem with gaming that made gaming better. They I feel that they kind of went at it to something that is trendy and uh, tablets are in, so we're going to add this because tablets are in, not because they have an inherent issue with gaming and this can enhance the experience. And I think that going at it backwards like that often leaves you with an extra component that is not a necessity and does not enhance the experience as it really could. It's not a necessity. It's not a necessity for most of the games. And people are like, eh, what do I do? And sometimes it becomes more of a cumbersomeness than something that's an enhancement. I think that's very insightful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's also more of a, of a focus on local multiplayer, maybe in Japan where people are kind of packed more tightly together than they are here. And yeah. I mean, do you do you guys remember Pac-Man versus? Yes. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I but, strong so, feelings well, for that. I mean, because that I think feel, that feels like that's really like the genesis of it is was Pac-Man versus was a game for the GameCube that was packed in with like Pac-Man. Was it Pac-Man World Two? I, I forget which one of the Pac-Man World games. And you could hook up the GBAs to to the GameCube, and then each of the players would play as a ghost on the GBA. And they couldn't really see where Pac-Man was, but they were just kind of bubbling around. And then the player on the GameCube was playing as Pac-Man. And I think that's what they wanted to get to. But they, there aren't that many games. It's kind of like the Kinect where you just kind of run out of games. And I think they ran out of all those games on Nintendo Land where you really had that kind of functionality. But the one thing that I would love to see them do, and I'm noticing this. And we're going to talk about Mario Kart a hell of a lot more. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. But... Um, <laughs> But one thing that I would love is that I'm playing with my daughter and she's on the gamepad. Like, why do we have to be split screen? Hmm. That's a good point. Why is it that I, we're splitting up the screen? If she's watching the gamepad, give her the, her whole screen on the gamepad. Mm-hmm. Give me the whole screen on the television. And then, you know, let us race separately, but playing together. And that's what they're not doing. I mean, from a technical level, like, I know that Mario Kart goes from, if you're going four-player, it falls to 30 frames per second to help with the rendering time. So, I don't know. It might be that the tools in it are not really optimized for that. Like, I would imagine it's more of a technical issue on their end than it is a gameplay design choice. It could be, but Hyrule Warriors is supposed to be doing that, where it's going to be doing two-player, and each player is going to be on their own screen. So that's the kind of thing that I would like to see more. Just being able to do, like, like if we're playing Skylanders, like let us both play on our on our you know individual screens and stuff like that. Like right, that, right. that would be uh, an enhancement to the system yeah. because that's the annoyance yeah. is two things when you're playing anything in multiplayer is other people one are looking at your screen. So that would be really cool 
to have a separate mm. screen to that. And yeah. then it's just like you're losing some of your real estate in being able to see what's happening. And I think that that would yeah. be a benefit, though. I would assume that the people that are playing on the gamepad would be at a marked disadvantage in comparison, which would upset me. Yeah, and also isn't local gaming not really a thing in America? I mean, everybody keeps telling me that, but I love to do it, so I feel like I'm an Yeah, outlier. I do too. But yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. Everybody else that I know, besides apparently Bree, <laughs> doesn't really do <laughs> local co-op gaming. I, I like local co-op gaming as well, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm maybe one of the nerdier of the group here, so... I, no, I, <laughs> it's also it's also designed for families, right? So I mean, if you're 20 years old and 23 years old, and you're living in an apartment, maybe you don't have people over for Loki multiplayer. But I've got three kids who are constantly bugging me to play Mario Kart, so sure. you know I have more opportunities to play local multiplayer, and and so for a family it does make more sense to kind of focus on that, though not to the exclusion of online multiplayer for the most part. But that's a whole other discussion. But it just seems like they're not really taking advantage of it. Like Nintendo Land is Brie. Have you ever? Have you? Did you get your hands on Nintendo Land at all? Um, no, no. Okay, yet. it's it's got a lot of really good ideas, and it's it's. I mean, the individual games are kind of like you'll play them for a day and then you're done. But it's <laughs> got some like they. There's an F Zero game where you you're playing on the gamepad and you're tilting it, you're turning it 90 degrees so it's in portrait mode and you're controlling. It's like a it's a racing game where you're going vertically and you're controlling it through tilt controls rather than with the with the buttons on the gamepad. And there are some really and they're doing some things like taking pictures with the camera. And there it's like all the it's like this graveyard of ideas for the Wii U that just never made it out of that one game. Hmm. So and, and my daughter still bugs me to play it every so often, but I, I you know, <laughs> a lot of the games they're just they're they're fun for like fifteen minutes and then it's like, okay, I'm done with this now. Right, it's a novelty. Right, it's right. it, it's absolutely it's a gimmick, and it's it's not something that really scales to you know full full games. So, so let's move on to the big topic this week, which we we sent Bree out to WWDC to report on a to report for us live. <laughs> I did it just for Isometric. Ju- just for That's the podcast. True. That's true. Georgia and Maddie, you guys were getting stars in your eyes listening to Brie last week, so we're going to let her loose this week. But before before we, we get to the main event, the, the one thing that I want to talk about, and I don't want to talk about everything that happened at WWDC because there was a ton, and there were probably a bunch of other podcasts that you could go listen to. I'm sure that, that Debug and the iMore podcast have this like way covered if you want to hear everything that's going to happen with your Mac talking to your, to your iPhone and stuff like that. You could probably listen to Georgia talk about this subject yeah. on another podcast, I would imagine. So Bore everyone to death right now, no. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Yeah. Very no, interesting, no, no. but yeah. Let, let's yeah. talk about the stuff that deals, deals with uh, gaming and development and, you know, yeah. Bree, so, do, do yeah. it for us, Bree. So, the, so there were two things that, that stood out to me. And then if there's anything else that you guys saw, that, then we can talk about them. But the one thing, the little thing that, that is that they're finally going to be allowing app bundles in the iOS app store, which I sure. think means that they've been doing Humble Bundles for Android for a long time. So it seems like that would be opening up the door, hopefully, assuming that the, you know, the payment structures and everything else worked out, right? That we could eventually get a Humble Bundle on iOS. Though I don't know if that's... I, I would imagine that would be a good thing for developers, but I I could see that kind of I don't know I don't know how how well the humble bundles help 
and maybe Bree, you can talk about like you know some if, if as much as you're able to. Like. I, I think this is one of the situations where you're coming at it as a consumer, which you know, to be clear, that's a totally valid viewpoint. Right. Like humble bundles, what deals can I get? For game developers like myself, it's more of a it allows you to price things together. It you know brings in the the you know potential for more revenue at once. It allows you to kind of you know, like when Rev 62 comes out, we can include it in a bundle with Rev 61 so people can be caught up. So I can tell you when that was announced, the the room, the atmosphere in the room, and I saw this over at Twitter headquarters, it was electric. It was, it was really electric. So um, developers are really excited about that. I think the other really exciting, there were probably three bits of really exciting news to come out of, of you know, WWDC this year. Another one was controller support um, coming out. And, you know, long story short, Apple is kind of formalizing and putting forth some more mature developer tools for, you know, basically a controller with physical buttons uh, then attaching to your iPhone. Personally, I this is one of those things that uh, we had looked into supporting some of these devices, like the Logitech version of this mm-hmm. um, thing you can plug yeah. your iPhone into and have physical buttons. Uh, and I was looking at if we wanted to support that because it has an engineering cost. And I spent a day driving all around Boston. I would like go to stores that would sell the Logitech you know, product here. And you know, like Best Buy. So I go on Best Buy. I'm chatting up the sales guy. I'm like, so uh, you know, how many of these <laughs> have you ever sold? Um, do, are people buying these? And they're like, No. No, I've never sold this to anyone. Like, I have people ask me about it. And that was what I heard over and over. Yeah, I've seen them at Target on clearance already. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to come back to this point. Uh, The third thing that I saw coming out of WWDC was obviously metal. You know, so I'm going to to talk about this as non-technically as I can. So small words for me, Brie. No, 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 it's not that. (laughs) I just don't want to talk about API and frame rates and draw calls. I'm just happy I know now what API means. I was all excited from last week's show. If you haven't, if you don't know what it means, go back last week's show. (laughs) (laughs) So bring it down to pigs and bunnies for us, Brie. (laughs) No, God, I, I don't want to be one of those no. people that sounds condescending talking about this. It's it's but you know I, no I I'm being I'm being silly. But, no, but you know. we're right, serious. Right. Like it is nice to to hear about it because you're so knowledgeable in that and to be able to explain it because a lot of times on you know all these shows it's great for those that are in the now and they know sure, what to say. Sure. It. But yeah, it's great to hear it from you and you you did such a great job of breaking it down last time. So sure. So metal is in. I just want to say up front like. Apple can revoke my license if I break certain things about you know what we talked about this week. So I just want to put a blanket statement out there. Everything I'm saying right now is based solely on the tech demo that I saw and public information out there about Metal. So yeah, this is not anything I've heard from Apple or Epic. Everything I'm telling you is my professional opinion as someone in the industry that knows a lot about this stuff. So. Don't, don't 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 blame the Don't get mad at me, Apple. Well, uh, and I think they've really they, right. they I believe they've relaxed the NDA considerably. They, they also. have to a point, but you don't want to upset Apple. They they have, yeah. but still, I get it. I get the I get the worry to it. Don't don't get the game kicked out of the store for us, bro. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so what what we saw from the tech demo was you know in the game dev world, some of the most highly paid people. Like let's say I'm putting together a game and we're at the end of the process and my game's frame rate is being broken. 
So you, you have a really long-standing process of experts that will come in and like recode an effect. We call it, quote, at the metal or code at the metal. So Apple comes out with this framework, which is, you know, it's a fancy word for a series of tools that developers can use. And what Apple has basically done is they've bypassed the, the parts, they've bypassed some parts of the, of the thing that your graphic card uses. And they've just written it literally in ones and zeros to talk directly to the processor. So what you have is instead of your, your game going through you know, what we call OpenGL, it's going to bypass that and go straight to your processor in assembly. So what you end up with is this really, really, really efficient way of communicating with your graphics card. And that's a bunch of technical talk that means that iOS games are, that use the Unreal Engine are going to get a lot more pretty. Apple has basically put out these tools that make their processors extremely optimized. So, you know, an engine like Unreal or Unity can go through and really make some top-notch console-quality graphics. A few examples, like the things that make a game beautiful and really immersive is smoke coming out of guns or shells firing from a gun, you know, metal glinting as you, you look at a gun or turn it. Like, effects are what really sell a game. This makes guns better. <laughs> I like how all your examples are guns. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, whoa, I wasn't expecting this. I'm a gun nut. Yeah, yeah um... I thought it was the motorcycles. You love the motorcycles. Yeah, motorcycles don't really use particle effects or smoke. Can we, so can we get more smoke. hair yeah. on the panda? Yeah, how's the <laughs> yes, panda you go? can. Well, the panda so, looks. Do you prettier. know how beautiful, Maddie? You liked. You're one of the only people that like Final Fantasy thirteen three. I might be the only um, person in the world. <laughs> yeah, only person on the planet. I looked at your article about this, and it has this beautiful picture of Lightning's hair because I mean, her hair yeah. looks incredible. The whole yeah. point of that game is that you can make Lightning look cool. It's like Pretty. hours yeah. of making Lightning look cool. Right. And um, right. Yeah. Dress up Lightning. Yes, that's the whole game. Uh, and then you get the Malibu. You're beach either house on board for and, that or you're not. And if yeah. you're not, I don't blame you. I, I love that this is it's this it's Maddie's week to have everything that she likes. I just, know, you know, but being nobody shot else down. likes these things. Um, but yeah, no. So I guess now there could be an iPhone game in which Lightning's hair also looks amazing. Yeah, right. Because there's a technical method that game designers use. Uh, it's called Alpha Blades to make Lightning's hair that pretty and based on the way they're optimizing the engine, you could potentially have that. So um, you guys know how I said I was going to come back to you know, number two, the game controller. Mm -hmm. So again, this is just an opinion from me. I have no insider knowledge from anyone, Epic, Apple. But it seems to me as a professional in the industry, Apple doesn't code frameworks. They don't make developer tools if they don't want developers to use them. So it just seems to me if they're making these tools that let you know game developers use hard buttons when no one's using hard buttons and they're making their engine I'm sorry their chip possible to compete with you know console quality graphics I think it's really coming to a point that it's reasonable to kind of guess that Apple is going to enter the console market at some point Oh, I'm I'm dreading that. I really, I really am. I'm not oh. allowed to comment on those things. So I have I have no knowledge of anything. So I'll comment all all day. Uh, 
the reason that I cringe when I hear that is because I look at Game Center and I don't trust them to come out with a game console. I really you mean don't. you don't like Game Setter? Is the colors? It's, it's the sounds? It's, what is I, the... I, I miss the felt, Georgia. Yes. <laughs> it's, just, it's just... Can you make that sound again, please? <laughs> that, was, that was incredible. Thank you. I mean, I feel Can like... we start off every episode of Isometric with that sound? <laughs> I'll do that, and then you'll say crack-a-lackin'. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, see, here, here's the thing. I was actually just reading an article today, and I don't want this to turn into a, an Apple fanboy show but whatever um i was just reading an article today about like itunes music itunes radio and Mm -hmm. how the people who were in middle management had literally no concept of what spotify is when they were writing itunes radio and i kind of feel like game center is the same thing as far as xbox live and psn are concerned where they know that they need to do something but they haven't even looked at what everybody else is doing and i just I can't. I know what Apple does is not what Amazon's going to do, but I look at the Fire TV and I haven't heard anybody talking about that at all since it came out. And that was the big thing is that it was supposed to have a game controller and you're going to be able to play games on it that apparently nobody was going to be able to make any money off of, which is probably why it didn't go anywhere. But I just. I And I know that there's more gaming resources being being aimed at at ios but i just i don't trust them to be able to make a compelling console for some reason Hmm. i guess i'd look at it from a very selfish point of view like what's best for giant space count and our game would rock (laughs) on the console so i would do anything for apple to put out a console because it would make me a lot of money so yeah yeah. sorry Well, Maddie, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know if that would work. I'm thinking about the Apple TV now that you brought up the Amazon one, and I'm thinking right. about how no one has one. <laughs> oh, I have an Apple and I'm, TV. I'm thinking about like I do too. I yeah. do too, actually. I have three. Really? You okay? Yeah. So, so much like local co-op gaming, we are <laughs> we speak for gamers here at Isometric. We're exactly like everybody else here with uncontroversial opinions. Um, <laughs> no, that's not true. I yeah, the Apple TV is such a weird thing. Is it really? You don't? Yeah. Yeah. I love my Apple TV. I do too. Okay. I use well, it all the time, mirroring and. I, do I, I don't love it, but I use it occasionally. Actually, we we came back from Florida like three weeks ago, and I don't think I've plugged it in yet. Maybe uh, some like, reader really? will write in and back me up that it's kind of a weird concept. I don't know that the Apple TV was successful. No, I'll back you up even. But I, It's not that Apple doesn't occasionally launch products that fail. I, I think it's right. really easy to look at Apple and just be like, oh, they succeed all the time. iPhones, everybody's got an iPhone and so forth. They just kind of look at the successes. But they have some weird failures. They do <laughs> so have some weird stuff out there. I would worry yeah. that if they were to develop a game console, it would end up on that list of weird apple failures if only because i i don't know i would be more likely to assume that they would try to broach the handheld market because they've already really done that with iphones so i would think that their gaming attachment for an iphone could affect sales of 3ds's and and so forth I would think that would be what would happen. I I wouldn't necessarily assume that they would be breaking into a console market. If they were, I don't know if I would be excited about that. Well, they they did try the uh, Pippin before, so it's not like they haven't really, you know, but that, that, you know, uh, you know, you can, you know how popular it was by how, how well it's known. 
Yeah, yeah. people are always <laughs> saying like, oh gosh, iPhones are going to destroy the 3DS and PSP. Like, oh my gosh, any any day now. <laughs> Well, again, we'll we'll have to see how metal can change that, and and I guess Bree, you could probably talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, than, I'd like to, than anyone, think. but you know, really, if you take a look at gaming on 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 your phone versus you know console games, there is a huge discrepancy. That's my feeling on it. But what if it wasn't the Apple TV? What if it was the iPod Touch? Because I don't think they're selling very many iPod Touches anymore. No, I think not. John Syracuse is like the only one who's buying one at this point. <laughs> I don't think and they're selling any iPods anymore. They're, well, yeah, yeah. they're but, still selling them. They're still selling them. They're one yeah. of the, still one of the hotter mar- markets for people that uh, you know have an Android. <laughs> well, if you want to listen to music and if you're traveling or if you're giving it to your kids, so you don't want them to have a phone, they're not going to need that plan, but you exactly. want them to yeah, be yeah, able true. to still message you and do other things on it. I think that they still have, I think that it's, it's their number three. It's a hot seller still actually for them. Sure. But they've always yeah. positioned it as like the funnest iPod ever. You remember that, <laughs> that commercial? So I, I wonder if maybe they Steve would go good, that yeah. way rather than... I mean, it's, it's entirely possible they're going to go that way with the Apple TV too. But I, th- I wonder if they could potentially put out like an iPod Touch with buttons like the N-Gage or something like that. Not, I, that's, a bad, that's a bad comparison. I wouldn't be terrible like the N-Gage, I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> right. They're kind of losing buttons, Apple, right? They're not really into buttons, period. They have less and less buttons. They keep on... Yeah. Getting rid of a button killed Tim Cook's whole family. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here. (laughs) That's why they don't like buttons. They're very upset about them. So, Bree, as much as you can say, like, what's different this time around? Because they already came out with the controller specification. And what's different is look who's making money. I mean, look, it's it's like the triple A space is hemorrhaging, right? Like, how many studios are closing? Okay, so we've talked about how Microsoft and Sony are really pushing in for smaller studios, right? The market is going, so people, there are a lot of people out there that want to buy, you know, Transistor for $10. You know, there's a huge market for that versus Call of Duty for 60 that's what's changed now since the Pippin. So, you know, who owns the market of putting out these $10 games or these experiences that are quality? Who has the development tools for it? Like, look, they put out SceneKit with some, you know, for me, kind of know, elementary 3D tools, <laughs> but it's still in a way that developers can get out there and have some really, you know, 3D tools implemented in their API in a way that's easy to use. I mean, there is clearly a market for what the kind of games that Apple makes. And I think it's not going to rival the PlayStation or the Xbox because we already have those consoles. But I think it it solves the problem just like for Georgia and I. Yeah, Georgia, do you have cable? Uh, no, I don't have cable. Okay. I don't either. No, I don't no either. Cable, and no the Apple TV, right. Yeah, it, I don't well, either, but, yeah. you know, I have Netflix. It, it, yeah, sure. Netflix, that's, yeah. that's what I want. Exactly. Yeah. For me, it solves this problem mm-hmm. of I just don't, I want to be able to watch whatever I want whenever I want to watch it. And like maybe I want to, you know, come home at the end of the day and just play a really casual game with the touch interface. Mm-hmm. Like 
you know yeah i i think there's a market for it so in my opinion i know i and i agree but yeah. I, I guess what i'm saying is not like what's changed since the pippet i'm saying what's changed since last year when they when they released the controller api and they and they released the made the made for iphone controller program because that's what we thought was going to happen this time last year is that we saw like a line on a on a screen Sure. On a slide that said, you know, controller support, and everybody said, oh, "Okay, the Apple TV is going to come out with with controllers." And no, we're going to let Logitech make these horribly expensive, uncomfortable, awkward controllers with this really strict specification. And then nobody bought them, and then the games weren't supporting them. So I guess that's what I'm I'm trying to get to is not what's as much as I would uh, I, I'm nervous about what the implementation would be. I can buy the but the the proposition for there being a console that Apple would make. Uh-huh. I can I can totally I can get there. What I don't understand and I and I'm trying to get and I and I don't know if you can say anything and if you can't then tell me. But like what has changed in that controller specification or or what what's different from what they announced last year to what they announced this year that makes it more likely that we're not going to be Charlie Brown with the with the football getting pulled out from under us again. I I don't feel comfortable answering that question directly. I think what I would say is that Apple has a long history of making things with iteration. So that would be my answer for that. And Apple moves when Apple wants to move. So, you know. Fair enough. Yeah, it's just such a a huge uh, money sieve in order to develop uh, a whole console just to get it all ready and and everything else and with their market share and and how much they're doing to invest that much into creating a console when the market is already really saturated and can they actually do something that will be better or greater or add something to it that is not already there if we can talk about like developing a TV versus developing a gaming console system i i think that there's a huge discrepancy in where they could make their money hmm. Epic came out on stage and showed the Zen Garden uh, app that they're going to be releasing, which I guess is like, oh, what was the name of that that castle demo that they did? Oh, yes. Epic yeah. Citadel. Epic that Citadel, awesome. that's right. And I, I remember when they re- released that, and I got that on my crappy iPod Touch at the time. And, <laughs> and, uh, and that was fantastic. So I can only imagine what this is going to look like when they come out with it. And, I mean, it, it looked... I, I was watching... I kind of had the keynote on in the background on my iPhone while I was doing some other stuff. And it it looked fantastic. So hopefully that'll be... And they said they're going to release that when it comes out. So I guess we'll get to play with it in September, I suppose. And then we'll, we'll yeah. probably see games like a, a year from then start to... I wouldn't uh, say a year. I think that's a little long. Yeah, it, sound, it seems like it's the kind of thing that would take a while to, uh, to get to. I, I'm, I'm eager to get to it and look at that. And, and Unreal, Unreal Engine 4 is going to be supporting it pretty soon after launch, right? We don't have any definite news, but yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah. Anything else on anything else that that caught your eye, Bree, or any anybody else from uh, nothing I can yeah. talk about? So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be coy. No, it's I just, know. You know, like I take this NDA seriously, and you so, should. So it's yeah. you know, we like I said, we don't want to get you to not ship your game just to you know right. make us happy. But, uh, <laughs> right, right. I guess we can move on to something that we have gotten our hands on, which is uh, the inf- the infamous Mario Kart Eight that we've been talking about for a few weeks now, and it is. The fastest-selling Wii U game uh, so far with 1.2 million copies in the first weekend, which is is good for the Wii U. I mean, compared to Watch Dogs' 6 million copies in the first week, it's not quite a barn burner, but it's about as good as you're going to be able to uh, to ask for for the Wii U. So I got it at launch, and, and Bree, I know you did. Maddie, you got it. did you get it as well? 
I didn't. I had to actually oh. play Murdered Soul Suspect all week. So. Oh, really? Oh, no. It's also very uh, good, oh. incidentally. So no, I, is it? Oh, good. I, is it? Well, Brie, we never agree about games. So this <laughs> this is a sign that you'll hate it. But I'm really I know a ton of people it. on the dev team, so I was scared, Actually, you might like and then it, it got negative it, reviews. I, you know, it's interesting. Anyway, I I have to write an article about it, but so I won't go into too much detail. Okay. I'd much rather okay. hear about Mario Kart. I'm really glad. I'm so glad you like it. Can I just also say, though, that our listeners should know that Steve has changed his Skype profile image <laughs> to be a terrifying oil painting <laughs> of Luigi's death stare. I don't know what this is, and I want to okay. know. I, mean, I, am I know a little what bit... Luigi's death glare is. I don't know what it is. Okay, so I have been a little bit obsessed with the Luigi death stare, and this has <laughs> got to be the best thing that's come out of Mario Kart. So I, I put a link and I'll put a link in the show notes of Kotaku put together like a, a children's treasury of yeah, Luigi Death Stare videos. I didn't even know it's, it was in the show notes. I just watched them anyway because they're amazing. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. So, videos. so what happens is that, I mean, it's Mario Kart, so they're throwing shells at each other and whatever. And so there's this Mario TV application that's part of Mario Kart that you can take the the race replays and you can save them out and publish them online. So they kind of take like more of a cinematic view of some of the highlights of the race and, and publish it out. And so apparently when you hit somebody with a shell or some other, you know, weapon or whatever, as you're passing by them, as they're spinning out on the, on the side of the track, the, some of the characters will kind of look back at the, uh, the person who they just hit as they're passing by and Luigi has like this really intense like stare that he just whirls around and it looks like he's going to murder somebody and it's so what people have been doing have been taking these little like 15 second clips and setting them to like rap music so Ride and Dirty I think has been the 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 one that I that I like the most but there's been a few that have been really choice choices of music that are timed with with Luigi like beating the crap out of somebody and then staring them down. And it's been, I, I just, I've been watching these things for three days and I can't get enough of them. I'm sorry. I'd never heard of this before now. And now I'm looking at Jeff on the internet of, um, it's a scene from Terminator two oh. where the T 1000 is chasing John Connor <laughs> in the sewer, except it's Luigi <laughs> superimposed as the T 1000. There was another this good one. There was another good one that I saw today, which was like some sort of a, a race scene from my little pony. And then <laughs> Luigi comes in and like smacks Applejack with the, with a, red shell and then stares her down and it's it's just it's fantastic like this is this is the best thing that could have happened to nintendo honestly like this has been everywhere all over the place i love and steve that when you talk about my little pony you talk about my little pony like you know my little pony like we know that steve actually knows my little pony because there's a whole bunch of people like right. who and steve's yeah. like like of course everyone should know yeah. this I, I i have three daughters between the ages of five and seven i i am well acquainted with my little pony. yeah you knew this before that we all know that now <laughs> um what i love about luigi's death stare is it's almost like you know, he has been second to Mario for so long that he finally gets, Luigi gets his rage on. Yeah, I have seen a lot of people like bringing back up the year of Luigi meme again in light yeah. of this and being like, the year of Luigi is back because the year of Luigi was sort of a weird niche marketing campaign that Nintendo did for all of last year that was more mocked than embraced, I would say. For, for everyone that's a little brother. Yeah. It's like, hello. 
yeah, I think Luigi should be celebrated. I, I <laughs> earnestly enjoyed the year of Luigi, and I'm happy to see him continue to be in the limelight. Yeah, everything except for Dr. Luigi. That should have just never seen the light of day. I've never played Dr. Luigi. It, have you played Dr. Mario? Of course. Then you've played Dr. Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> Really, that is so intriguing. So I guess this is gonna gonna kind of turn into what we're playing for me and breathe. Well, can because... I can I ask something? Because there's sure. also another controversy with Mario Kart Eight, and um, I'm oh of the course... fire hopping thing. Yeah, what do you guys I... think? And and like Wait, I'll what, I'll, what I'll say a little bit what what I know fire hopping, and this is from someone that is not actually playing Mario Kart Eight, so this is kind of funny at the same time. But so when you end up playing Mario Kart 8, you can get speed from drifting. And if you've ever played any of the Mario Karts, it's the way that you get a little extra speed. You turn it, and then you can do a little hop at the end. And now there's a huge amount of controversy whether this is a technique or a cheat, because if you hop, because your wheels are not with the surface where they slow down, you keep your speed for a little bit longer. So I was wanting to know if you guys use this technique, and do you find it a cheat or a technique? Should they take it out? No, that's that's what separates a good Mario Kart player from a, a noob. Yeah, there was because there was something in like Mario Kart DS where you could, I, I think you could like keep yourself drifting like indefinitely. There was and, there was, and that wasn't just on the DS. There was like a super drift where you could like uh, redrift twice and, and and kind of deal with it. And I believe that was on the. But yeah, there've been a few of them. I suck at the game anyway, so it's like I'm not. I, I can barely drift without running into a wall, okay. so I'm not. I'm not going to be fire hopping anywhere anytime soon anyway. So I'm not really worried about it, and it's not like I'm not playing for like the Mario Kart Championship. You know what I mean? Like I'm just playing to to play. So you do I don't know really... that Bree is. Well, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Bree is going to win the trophy easily. Yeah, but it's like... You know, can I just tell a quick story here? Yeah. Like, I feel so intensely about Mario Kart at Giant Space Count. Last year, we literally put a $100 bill on the top of the television at our Christmas party, and it was like, whoever wins this Mario Kart tournament takes home $100. You gotta, you gotta tell us, did, did you come yeah. home with the cash? I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I won. Wow, you really I love downplayed that. that. I love I that. I won the tournament, I but I thought it would be... The most bitchy thing on earth to like <laughs> put a hundred dollars in front of my team and then just nope and <laughs> take it home. So um, I split it three ways with my team. So oh, like you gave it to the two runners up? Yeah. I, well, no, I give it to everyone else on the team. Oh, but me. so uh, yeah. I still like that you won it. It's all that yeah, matters. It <laughs> it's it's yeah. the pride that matters, not I, really the money. I can right. tell just yeah. by her tone of voice when she said that fire people who can't do fire hopping are noobs. I can tell that Bree is good at this. <laughs> she sounds like me talking about the C stick last week. I I can tell when someone is good at a game by their tone of voice, and Bree would <laughs> kick our butts at Mario Kart. I'm sure of it. I, I'm actually terrified. She finally accepted my friend request on I'm not on the Wii U. Any of you. <laughs> and I'm kind of terrified. I'm not I'm, friending uh, Maddie on the Wii U until I get really, really good at Super Smash, <laughs> and then I'll do it. Then you do it. Uh, 
I am really excited for that game. It could wreck my whole worldview being defeated by you in that. Like, like send me into a a spiral. I just don't. I want you to be okay. I want you to be able to sleep at night. No, no, she won't be able to respect you though if you just let her win. I already know Brie, and she's like, you know, you got to be samurai. You have to. She wants to be the best by beating the best. So yeah, yeah, and that would be so sad. Nah, Brie can take it. Brie can Brie can take it. She's tough. You 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 gotta say you should have seen her like kicking people's butts at Taekwondo. Like so, there we go. (laughs) Cool. Well, I don't I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know if I could face off against Brie if she underwent some sort of elite training regimen. But I guess I guess we'll see. (laughs) I hate. I kind of hate the idea of us competing instead of cooperating because I see this. I see this show as a purely cooperative endeavor. I agree. Is there is there like a four player game where we could all be on a team, like maybe Gears of War Horde mode or something? Diablo three. Yeah, just like a team building exercise. Yeah, Yeah, Diablo is another example, but I mean, that sounds like fun. (laughs) That does sound like a lot of fun, Maddie. I I know. I know how much you guys love Diablo, so it's. uh... I will for you, Steve. I will. Yeah, I'll play it. It's not like my favorite of games, but I would, you know. The corner of my oh. monitor in which the Diablo 3 <laughs> icon has lurked. It's much better since the update, but, you know, anyway. I do hear that it's better. I haven't logged back in, but I do hear it's it's got a shiny yeah. new coat of paint. Yeah, it's way better since right. the patch, but we don't need to talk about that. So, I mean, what do you, what do you guys want to know about the game? So, since Bree and I have played it and you guys haven't, what do I you want to I do want to get Mario Kart 8. So, so is Luigi actually the best character to play as? Is he your, your character of choice? <laughs> I've been playing primarily as Yoshi. And I don't. I, I just kind of found a. I just found a. Uh, I found a bike that I liked with him, and I've just been sticking with him. And of course, the my daughters have been rotating between uh, Peach and Baby Peach and Daisy and Baby Daisy. And I just unlocked Pink Gold Peach the other day. So they've. Cool. There's actually they've. It, this is the first game where they have not been like driving me nuts with all wanting to pick one character. Like they've actually been able to all find their own characters. Rosalina's unlockable. Yeah, um, I saw that. That's really cool because I, I know yeah. that when I was yeah. a kid, I always wanted to play as a girl if I could. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. neat that they're incorporating all the different female characters that Mario has ever so slowly introduced into his franchise. Yeah, all three of them. Yeah, well, and, and and all their their and different flowers. iterations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, four, four. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a uh, there was an article that oh, there's Toadette too that I haven't unlocked. Yeah. Oh, is she in there? Yeah. Then that makes yeah. it five. Yeah. There's also the bratty Koopa kid that Feminist Frequency was so upset about. What? Why, why oh, were they upset about? Oh, because she's like pink and throws Yeah, well, female personality syndrome. So Yeah. Female, I, you, you're going to have to educate me. <laughs> well, it's where you, uh, a female character basically falls into a set of really awful stereotypes. Like in this case, I don't know the, the name of Bowser's. I forget what her name is. Um, yeah. What her name is, but she's like bratty and has a giant bow and is impatient. And I believe in super Mario brothers. Yeah. She actually threw bracelets as one of her attacks. Yeah. Well, all women do that. So that makes sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wendy O. Koopa is her name. Hmm. <laughs> it's well, okay, she's been I, like I, that. She's been a character <laughs> since 1989. So sure. You know. Sure. I mean, it's a fantastic game. It's it's yeah. really well balanced. Um, what impresses me about it as you know a technical 3D person, I've never. It, it's just amazing how gorgeous the animation is, and I don't understand how they lit their world so the colors are just so pure. They like beam from your television set and burn your brain like they're so beautiful and gorgeous it's it's a it's a, a, an amazing game like it's 
It doesn't really iterate on the gameplay very much. Um, yeah, it's but Mario it's, Kart, basically. If you play Mario Kart, you know what you're getting yourself getting into. It's not really that much different. Sure. You know, it rewards you for having mastered the drift technique from, you know, Super Mario, uh, Mario Kart 64. It's the same one, and it's a great game. Like, you should definitely play it. We're going to get Maddie a copy. Yeah, we're we going to, like, yeah, oh, we're going to send I her a copy. Buy it, whatever. Oh, and you get a free game with it, so, you know. I, I might be the I might the only one that really this is the I, I love Mario Kart um, but I mm-hmm. love Mario Kart for the battle mode where we had the balloons yeah. in 64 and we yeah we, we play against each other that was my favorite part and really uh, though I played all of the uh, the modes and all the worlds and raced it but I didn't really love that I love the battle so tell me what is 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 there battle mode and what is that like there is I haven't really played any of it because I've been going through the Grand Prix trying to unlock most of the characters. Because that's what I've heard is that they messed up battle mode. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if they messed yeah. up battle mode, I'm sad. It's not an arena anymore. It's like on the tracks, I believe. Aww. So you're you're kind of racing in opposite directions and trying to. It's almost. It, I think it. I, like I said, I haven't tried it yet. I'll, I'll try it this week and I'll report back for next show as follow up. But I think it's kind of like almost like jousting a little bit, where you're kind of going in opposite directions and trying to trying to knock each other knock each other out, but. Or maybe like the uh, what was the name? what was the the mode in Burnout where you were trying to take out a bunch of cars? Do you remember? Uh, you assume I've played that. You haven't played Burnout. You haven't played any of the Burnout games. No, I haven't. Oh, a cousin of mine either. owns every racing game that is possible to own, and I feel like his obsession has sapped all energy that I may have had for racing games. Because he's so into them that he's like into them enough for my entire family. No, I mean, wow. not all the games in that in that series were gems. But Burnout Three was a, a a classic. I mean, both between the the actual racing mode and then the mode where you just take your car and just launch it into traffic and try to do as much property damage as you possibly can. Hmm. So that was I. There's a there's an iOS game too, like Burnout Crash, which does some of that, but it's not it's not quite the same. But for you, Georgia, I will try bar- Battle Mode this week, and I will report. Please back let next me know because Battle Mode is amazing. I don't I, think I it would is. Think, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I've heard is that it's not. I I will definitely try it out for mm. you. But I the reason I haven't tried it yet is I did try Battle Mode with my husband once, like playing him in Mario Kart 64 yeah. emulated on the Wii, and it's just. He was so bad at it that it was going to cause problems in our marriage. <laughs> so I want to like tell right. you to never play games with your husband because that's what, there must be some games he's man. really good at. Yeah, like what, what? does he? What does, he must play? He must. We have probably played two thousand hours of Peggle together, <laughs> and like I, I, I'm not joking. I am would I'm. I'm really not trying to be like cocky, but I would really estimate at this point I'm probably one of the best Peggle players on the entire planet <laughs> because that's how much I've played with Frank because it's not something that rewards reflexes. I mean, it's something that rewards like slow, <laughs> deliberate, thoughtful action. Is he and is he going to be watching this? I he can listen okay, to this. Okay. He knows how I feel about Peggle. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've we're so obsessed with Peggle. That every single year the Wu family has the the Peggle tournament where we've modified the World Series rules and we go down to Disney and we play Peggle while we're standing in lines. And we literally have in the Wu household this thing called the Rock of Power, which is the trophy that you, you win each year. I can from, imagine all of this. 
Right. Yeah. You know our family. Yeah. Yeah. So we have the Rock of Power. And the thing is, if you win the World Series and win possession of the Rock of Power, if the other person touches it by accident, they just automatically lose a peckle game. So in our household, it becomes this elaborate game of trying to trick the other person into touching the Rock of Power by like putting it on the couch or their chair. And I love it's, this. It's kind of crazy. That's brilliant. Yeah. I'm an adult, by the way. <laughs> keeping, so, keeping love alive. That's what you're right, doing. right. I will say one of the reasons that I spend as much time playing Diablo three as I do is because it's one of the few games that my wife and I can co op together. Oh yeah. So that's oh. so that's that's why I end up that's why I ended up buying it again for the console and I'll probably end up buying it again again when the version for the PS four comes out when I have a PS four. Yeah, but, I agree right. with you. I, I have talked on a previous show about the fact that my boyfriend is gets motion sick so we can never play shooters Brilliant. together. So, but oh. we could play Diablo three together and that was one of the very few games. That he and I have been able to play together. So what do you play with him? Basically nothing. I mean, it's like the same. <laughs> I, try know, Peggle. It's try like Peggle. so fu- I mean, Brie, you, you totally understand me on this because yeah. like, it's so funny to me that the stereotype is the opposite way that like the girlfriend can't play. And I'm always like, no, okay. Some of us have the opposite situation. Right. <laughs> Some it's of us so want true. our significant other to play a game with them yeah. and they will not or they can't or what have you. And it's a guy. <laughs> right. right. Not not all boys are good at games. So Or or not that's all boys true. enjoy all games. Yeah. You know? Like he just doesn't really like shooters and that's fine. Well, I don't really like shooters very much either. I mean, especially competitive shooters. Like yeah, I forget it. Forget I it. Do. <laughs> have you have you tried uh towerfall with him manny i haven't i don't have i don't have an x-bone so. oh it just oh. came out for mac and linux Ooh. i just bought it yeah la- yeah, this yeah. Week. i did see that it's out for pc i was gonna get it but he would not be able to play it so i would be on my own <laughs> well, on there. it's pretty simple to play i mean mean like frank can play it you know, so you know you yeah well we'll see I'm not, oh. I'm not gonna say anything <laughs> we should get my husband and your boyfriend to play video games together and see who wins and we'll put my seven-year-old against the two of them and see who comes out on top are we just trying to make everybody feel the, bad the winner the winner gets the rock of power <laughs> oh. <laughs> this sounds like the cruelest possible i'm not gonna i'm not gonna participate he might right. win oh. don't don't count him out already Right, right. <laughs> what game is it? Is it Tower Silence? I don't know. Silence. I don't know, everybody. I, I yeah, that's why that's why I'm like done. I'm not gonna say anything else. Don't get me in trouble. <laughs> I've I've personally never met Maddie's boyfriend, so he could be an imaginary boyfriend. He might be. Like that could be See Bree, this is proof that he's yeah. not he's not as into all of this stuff as I am because he doesn't she's like, not follow worried. me to every gaming convention as as you right. know. Right, as you well know. Hmm. hmm. Is his name? Uh, what was it like? His name uh, is Zach. George Glass. His name is Zach George Glass. For, for what it's worth. No one okay. believes me, but he's real. He lives in Canada. No, he doesn't. <laughs> um, okay. well, one of these days, I'll I'll bring him to something, and he'll patiently listen to us all talk about video games. Yeah. We'll On see. That uh, note. You can get to the show notes at isometricshow.com. You can send us uh, email. Please send us email to feedback at isometricshow.com. Uh, you can follow the show at isometricshow. And uh, 
please leave us a, uh, reviews on on iTunes. We've gotten a few, and it's uh, we've got a five star rating right now. We're really happy about that. And anything you guys can do to to help us, it helps the show get uh, get a little bit more exposure and gets gets seen by more people. So if you can take a minute to do that, really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Wicked Good and uh, Bree. Where where can people find you? Um, I'm on the Twitter machine at Space Cat Gal. And Maddie. I'm Samus Clone on Twitter. And Georgia. I'm Georgia underscore Dow. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we will catch you next week. Have a good one. <laughs>